Hi, welcome to FYI Stillwater, COVID-19 Special Edition number five. I'm joined today by uh, Assistant City Manager Paula Dennison. Hello. And uh, Emergency Management Director Rob Hill. Like I said, this is number five. We are moving forward. There's a lot of things going on. Yesterday, the mayor issued the latest emergency proclamation, which is effective April 30th through May 16th. This proclamation alters the city's shelter-in-place order and requires procedures and regulations for reopening previously deemed non-essential businesses and some additional recommendations for essential businesses to open. So, but before we get with that, let's start with Rob. Welcome, Rob. How are you? I'm good. We haven't had you here on one of our special editions for COVID-19. You've been out and about. You're seeing a lot of what's going on, and you're kind of our main liaison with the Payne County Health Department as well. So what are you seeing? So overall in Payne County, compared to the other 77 counties in Oklahoma, we're on the bottom half of COVID patients, the cumulative patients. We're doing very good. The protective measures that were implemented back in March around the 13th and the 15th were put in place early enough that we got ahead of a spike in our area and the community, the county, uh, especially the city of Stillwater is doing very well. I think I saw this morning where, you know, we had um, 22 cumulative patients and 20 of those have recovered. So we're only looking at two within our community right now. So um, very positive numbers, very good numbers. So the actions that were put into place are working and people are adhering to those and doing a good job. That's awesome. So that social distancing that the CDC recommends, we can see that it's actually working. Absolutely. I guess some naysayers would say we didn't need to do it in the first place because we we don't have very much outbreak here. But the opposite can be said because we can say that because of what we did kept the outbreak from happening here. What all are our recommendations? Okay, so it's besides the social distancing, it's also wearing masks, it's self-quarantining. What else have we been recommending people doing? Hand wash. And washing. Regular hygiene, right? Any interaction, we're asking people to either sanitize their hands with some type of hand sanitizer or just normal soap and water. The biggest, the two biggest things moving forward, though, are going to be the social distancing and face coverings. Then let's just go ahead and jump to Paula. So yesterday, the mayor uh, issued another emergency declaration. How is this one different or maybe even put it in frame of what the national and the state and how the city plays into that as well? Certainly. Thanks, Sherry. Um, I'm glad to do this again because like we discuss every time where we host a podcast, it is ever-changing, ever-moving. There's new information to come out. So but we are all six feet apart. Some more than six feet yeah. apart, even. Yeah, yes. we got Rob over in the corner sitting on a makeshift table. So and, we, we and I've got we my handy do. face mask here that I keep attached to me. And I'm sitting on a table so I can see both their faces. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, we make adjustments. Yes, and, and I think everybody has. So moving forward, more adjustments are coming. So May 1st, which is tomorrow, it actually starts at midnight. 01 tonight, there are some uh, allowances for the reopening safely of businesses and enterprises here in Stillwater. Some of the stuff had been opened with um, certain conditions by the state, but had not been here locally. So what yesterday's proclamation by the mayor indicates is if you're on that list that can open 
May 1st, then you're specifically identified by type of activity. For example, food establishments and churches, pet grooming, entertainment venues, nail salons, barber shops. Yes, so hair salons, those are. Each one of those has specific expectations and requirements for how you conduct your business. And those requirements, they're not just for the business owner or the employees, it's also for the customers that are going to be right. coming to those businesses. Because we've talked about that. The citizens have a, a responsibility to keep workers safe as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a two-way street. So everybody needs to take a look at those. Make sure that you know what those requirements are for your business, for your activity that you're doing, and also know the expectation for your customers. Some of the places that are allowed to open tomorrow have waiting areas or queuing space or something like that. By appointment only. Yes. Yeah. And there's requirements on how to handle those and how to address them. It still covers the disinfecting and the sanitizing and the distancing and the face coverings. So let's talk about face coverings for a moment. So, Rob, you were part of a call to get face coverings made and to distribute them, and that was earlier this week. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened there? You bet, yeah. A week or so ago, the mayor knew that we were moving forward and that we were moving towards this and wanted to make sure that anybody and everybody that needed a mask would have an opportunity to get one. So we reached out to the community. Um, This will be... Actually, we're on our third reach to the community. Our first one was for first responders and had an overwhelming response for first responders. So we had the hospital, then we had the city of Stillwater asked. Then we asked the community again for face coverings for the community, right? So we collected those. Even the day that we were distributing those masks, we had people walk up and hand us masks to be distributed. So we we distributed a little over a thousand masks in about three and a half hours. That's amazing. We did. And the first And you kept the social distancing and the car everybody spread out. I mean it was it's really it was something to see. We did. We followed the rules that the mayor had implemented, right? So every six feet on the ground was taped off so people knew where to stand. They knew where the line started. The really cool thing to see was for the first two hours we did the vulnerable population. Right. And lots of people came and saw us and got masks. And then from after 11 o'clock, we saw the general public come and ask for masks. Very conscientious, wanted to ask very good questions. When do I wear this mask? How do I wear the mask? What environments should I wear the mask in? That kind of dovetails back to the proclamation yes because that was one of the biggest change maybe in the proclamations is the responsibility of the citizens as well to follow the rules to wear the mask to maintain all of the protective measures yes so there's quite a few detailed and we do have the proclamation on the website individual checklists for each different type of venue business or organization that can open yes there are and here's something that i was speaking with bill van s on the radio this morning Uh and we talked about a little bit Don't take offense when you go to an establishment that is now going to be open, allowed to open tomorrow, and they start asking questions. Do you have a fever? Have you been around anybody that has any of the symptoms of the virus? Don't be offended. They are required under this proclamation to ask those questions before you're allowed to enter the establishment. Here again, it's a safety precaution measure for 
everybody, and not just you, but everybody else. They don't have to let you in if you don't have your face covering. They do not. Or if you say, I've been running 104 fever for the last three weeks, they don't have to let you in then either. And the face covering, Rob, doesn't have to be a medical mask or shaped like a medical mask. No, it does not. As a matter of fact, we're asking people not to wear medical masks and save those for the medical profession, but um, it can be a cloth mask that everybody's becoming um, familiar with. It could be a bandana. Mm-hmm. It could be a t-shirt roll up at least doubled right with just a rubber band um, to go around the ears to um, for covering can be a scarf it can be a neck gaiter it can be I believe a running buff there are so many possibilities out there so if you don't have a mask you don't have to panic about not being able to go in because there chances are that you have something that meets the criteria that will allow you in and why a mask so the mask there's there's been a lot of controversy around the mask originally we started wearing them then they said you didn't have to now they've come back to the fact that the mask is not for the wearer but for the people that the wearer is around right so if you cough if you sneeze if you are asymptomatic and you don't know it this will prevent the spread or help prevent the spread to those around you and again the masks only have to be worn when physical distancing or social distancing cannot be maintained or you are inside of one of these businesses. So the requirements, it's not really saying it's optional or I don't feel like wearing one, I just won't talk to anybody. No, the requirements are just that. They are required actions by those businesses to open up. So, of course, businesses have the right to, as we talked about earlier, to refuse service. If you are not following the regulations that they have to abide by. So the requirements, they're really simple. It's mainly stuff that everybody has been doing for five, six weeks. Or should have been. Or should have been by now, yes. And I would also encourage everybody, don't take this as strong arm against what you have the right to do because this is more for a general protection of everybody, not the imposition on any individual's rights. But for that business to be able to operate, they have to meet these requirements. Therefore, the expectation is that everybody that solicits that business will respect that and they will follow those requirements as well. Okay, so for example, churches are allowed uh, to start having service again. Yes, are there special requirements for churches? Yes, there are. Or any place of worship? Yes, there are special requirements. Everybody will need to take a look at what those requirements are, and not just for those that are leading the worship service, but for the patrons who are going to be coming to perform the worship. For for example, they'll have to be six feet apart, they'll have to wear a mask. Yes, Uh, except. Every other pew. um, Yes, every other pew. Separation between (laughs) families or groups that live underneath the same household. However, the person conducting the service is not required to wear the mask as long as they can keep that distance separation. So there are some allowances and some tweaks here again. Pet grooming is not the same as a place of worship or as a retail establishment or as a restaurant. So you need to specifically be sure and look at those. One of the things... I'm sorry, but one of the things that we had said very early on is we knew that when we started locking things down, things were not going to 
appear to be fair to everyone, right? right? That there are going to be different rules that have to apply because of the nature of the business, the nature of where you're at and what you're doing at that location. And we knew that, and we knew that it was going to take on that persona that, hey, what you're doing to me is not fair to what my neighbor's getting to do. And it's going to appear that way now. And it all goes back to the safety and security of the citizens of this community. And it is. Everything is a little bit different. Like, for example, restaurants. So if I want to go out to eat, I can't eat with a mask. No, you you are able to take your mask off to where you can actually eat. However, the wait staff, they are going to have their mask, their other PPE uh, and whatnot on. The tables are going to be distanced from other tables. You're not going to have that closeness that you usually have had in the restaurants. So you'll see a lot of things that may not register when you look at it that makes sense, but after you sit down and you've experienced it a time or two, oh, that'll be what you expect in any of these places you go. Like we're used to being handled maybe a leather menu. Yeah, so So, now disposable or ones that can be sanitized, uh, preferably disposable. When, When you ask for a refill of your water, do not expect the waitress to pick up your glass and take it. More than likely, you'll have a pitcher of water brought to the table for the table to refill or the waiter or waitress will bring you a fresh glass of water. So the reuse is going to be very limited, and that'll be what you see, as well as at convenience stores. So let's talk about convenience stores. What am I going to see different? I don't know that you're going to see a whole lot different at a convenience store because they've already made these changes. For example, places that have refills, you still will not be able to walk in with your refill glass. You will actually have to purchase a new glass, fill it, and then walk out. The reason is we don't want any germs that are currently on something to be spread to something that multiple people are coming to multiple times Uh, throughout the course of the day. You're going to see possibly hand sanitizing stations where you didn't see them before, right? So maybe outside the entrance of a restaurant. So think of it like this, no shoes, no shirt, no face covering, no service. Just kind of get in the mindset of that as as we start to move forward. But you're going to see the hand sanitizing stations. You're going to see more signage that goes up that talks about the safety of being in the restaurant or being in that establishment like a convenience store that talks about washing your hands and And what are you touching, right? Because we've already talked about the cross-contamination factor of gloves and wearing gloves and and how that that can spread so quickly. We encourage people not to wear the gloves, you know, carry the hand sanitizer, sanitize your hands and stuff, and just be cognizant of that. So do you think there's going to be a shift to not using paper money and coins as much because that's another thing that can have germs on it? Maybe moves toward keyless paying. Yeah, so I think think that's already in play in some instances (laughs) where you can take a cell phone device or um, even a card and just proximity pay right with yeah. things i think i think you'll see more of that happening in an attempt to cut down on the interaction so you might one of the things that i've been reading also is changes that we can anticipate are coming and then how are we going to prepare for those changes is sanitizing stations at parks mm-hmm. you know we don't have that now we have water fountains at parks so all of the maybe bottle fillers you don't have any contact with them right. Uh, would be an option, the sanitizing stations. Many facilities have already converted to the knobless or faucetless sinks that you wash your hands or the automatically flushing the toilets. 
Yeah, with the sensors, can doors, every entry door, have one of those automatic Mm -hmm. sensors so you don't have to touch anything in the future? Our world is definitely changing, and this is just going to cause us to forward think more of the potential for some of those changes and how to prepare for them and get ready for them. I do want to say one thing right quickly about the mask. Some folks love it because of the protection. Some don't. They can be hot, more difficult to be understood. Hear somebody that's talking out in the wind. You're going to have stuff if you wear glasses, especially like Sherry and I do. And sometimes Rob yeah. does. When he wants to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it can interfere with the glasses mm, or fog up or, you know, whatever. But I just want to say this, that the more of us that follow the rules and wear the mask and the face coverings now, maybe the sooner it will be that we won't have to wear them. So the more we can do now, the better off we're going to be in the future. And the future may be sooner than other possibilities. Yeah, Sherry, uh, Paul brings up a good point. Um, The more disciplined we are now to be mindful of the rule that we're asking people to follow with the face coverings, with the washing of the hands and stuff, is going to be key because if we see a spike in numbers due to spread because people are not following these rules, we have measures in place to act upon to put us back under shelter-in-place order and take these privileges back because we can't maintain So not to be uh, negative with this, but it is so critical moving forward that we are disciplined to do this because we could go right back under shelter in place order and may be there for another month or so. And and nobody, city staff, the community, people that patron this, this community, nobody wants that, right? We don't want that. So it is very important, very vital that people follow these rules and, and abide by them. And, you know, we've seen some negative things come out about the face coverings and there's been other people already start to correct them as to why it's important and it it is it's going to be very crucial to the success of this plan moving forward and to the freedoms that we get back to following the rules agree i think each one of us has a responsibility if nothing else we can be the one we can choose to be the one that makes a difference to where we can get back to some form of normalcy that we all know and and remember and can tell all of our grandkids and great-grandkids and they can tell theirs i know it's it's been kind of a weird time just in general it's kind of weird you're right if we we just need to get through this and hopefully not have a reoccurrence in the fall i mean there's a lot of unknowns with a novel virus like this anyway thank both of you for joining me today the information about the emergency declaration is on the uh, city's website if you go to stillwater.org you can click on the red banner and it takes you to the page we've got information about beauty salons tanning salons pet groomers gyms and health facilities we didn't talk about that but they have a whole section just for that yes they do and I I also want to remind everybody city hall offices if you have business to conduct at city hall we still only have public access through the police department lobby we're not opening the rest of the building and that is going to remain up until may 18th at the earliest can be extended because we look at the data that's absolutely right we're going to start bringing people back into the building starting next week so that will introduce a lot of stuff that those of us who have been here have not been introduced to so for not just our protection but all of our customers protection that's come in we're still restricting it to the police department lobby Mm -hmm. 
And I want to make a note, bars, lounges, those are not on the list to open tomorrow. And Sherry, that list is very extensive. When we've seen already some comments on social media about people questioning, Mm -hmm. is my venue, it wasn't specifically mentioned. So they need to be very thorough to read through that to find, for example, bowling alleys, skating rinks, and stuff like that. So those entertainment locations are listed. So just Everything is listed. It's actually a really easy to read document especially on the web page yeah and we've put checklists for everything Uh, we've got links to the white house plan to the state of oklahoma plan we're going to make sure that all the stillwater information there is there and then as we get clarifications uh, we include them in the faqs so we can kind of give a fuller explanation if it's not specifically spelled out enough in the proclamation well thanks again for being here we'll probably do this again next week so much keeps changing we keep learning new stuff so please If you haven't, follow us on FYI Stillwater wherever you get your podcast, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Sherry. Thank you.